Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to the New Covenant Ministries Church. We're so glad to be with you today. Uh, we've got uh, a message of hope, a message of faith. And uh, today we're going to talk about the answer to all your problems. So, you know, get tuned into this. You might want to take some notes. You might want to rehearse these things again in your ear after we're done the service. Uh, for now, we're going to receive tithes and offerings. And we're reminded in Genesis 8 and verse 22 how the Lord said that, the, that as long as the earth remains, there'd be seed time and harvest time. And in Galatians 6, 7, he said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that also shall he reap. So we found that if you sow love, you reap love. If you sow friendship, you reap friendship. And uh, you, if you sow money, you'll reap money. Um, because that's part of the seed and the harvest. And as a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6, he said, uh, you, you know, he said that, that whatever you would sow, that you would reap also. That you would, and then Galatians 6, 9 says that you'll reap in a due season if you don't quit, if you don't cave in. Matthew 6, it says, of course, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will man give into your bosom. We use that verse a lot for, you know, financial giving and things like that. But it, it, it actually, according to Genesis 8.22, it pertains to every area of your life. Whatever you plant, you plant corn, you get corn. If you plant corn, you're not going to grow, you're not going to grow, you're not going to grow potatoes. You know, it's just a principle of life. Whatever you plant, you harvest. But my Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18, that God gave me the power to get wealth, the power of the seed to get wealth for the purpose of establishing his covenant in the earth. And so that's what we're going to do today. And we, and we thank you, Lord, that as we sow our tithes and our offerings, we believe, again, that as we give, it's given unto us, good measure, pressed down, shaken again, together rather, and running over will men give in to our bosom. We sow bountifully, we reap bountifully, and we remind ourselves that you said in Second Corinthians 9, 6, that you love a cheerful giver. So we're happy to give back a part of our lives. We owe you everything. And you didn't demand anything. So we thank you for the opportunity, the grace of giving in Jesus' name. Amen. But today, again, I have a message that um, if we'll apply this message, it will be the answer to all of our problems. I'm not kidding. All of our problems will be answered with this one message. And I'm going to read out of the Cotton Patch Bible. I just want to read a little introduction to you from Romans chapter 10. I better find it in the King James as well here. And so, while you're home drinking your coffee, give me a, t a chance to look up Romans chapter 10. Pages seem to get stuck together. Oh, wow, are they ever... But I got it. Okay, but I want to read it from this Cotton Patch Bible first. Okay. Um, now I lost my, I lost my, this thing is not going so well for me here this morning. Okay, I'll read it from the King James Bible again, obviously. So in, in uh, chapter 10, says this in verse Pick it up in verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Who shall say into your heart, shall I ascend to heaven and bring Christ down? 
or shall I descend to the deep and bring Christ back from the dead? What does that mean? Well, you know, lots of times we'll say, oh, wouldn't it have been wonderful to be at the shores of Galilee and to sit at the feet of Jesus? And so, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could bring him back from the dead? Uh, But look look what the word says here in verse 8. But what saith it? See, the answer, the answer to your question is a lot closer to home. One translation actually says that. That's the one I was hoping to read to you today. We're looking to the heavens. We're looking here. We're looking everywhere for the answer. And, and the Bible says in the book of Romans that the answer is a whole lot closer than you think. It says here, but what saith it? The word of God is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. It's the word of faith that we preach. So <laughs> this is the victory that over, come on, uh, Corinthians, uh, 1 John 5, 4 says, the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. So faith in God will overcome every obstacle that you'll ever face in life. We want to talk about faith today. So he said, it's the word of faith that we preach, that if you'll confess in your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, delivered, set free, filled with the Holy Ghost. All of that's in there. It says, with the heart, a man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And so we can see here that faith is required and it's faith in the finished, the completed work at Calvary. And um, so, again, the first thing that we need to recognize about faith is it's a lifestyle. It's not some seven steps to faith that we work up when problems come our way. No, faith is faith is simply trusting God. Faith is believing his promises above your circumstances. The, pre- the preachers in the world today right now, the, 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 the carnal preachers are preaching circumstance and producing fear. But when you produce, when you preach the word, you produce faith and hope. And so this is a message of faith for you today, that if you'll do, if you'll do what you hear today, you'll walk in victory for every day of your life. You'll never be defeated. You'll never be, because God will never quit on you and you don't never quit on him. Amen. So again, faith is a lifestyle. We looked a couple of episodes ago at Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Then we went to Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Then we went to Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Then we went to Hebrews 10 verse 38, the same thing, the just shall live by faith. The justified by faith shall live. I've been justified by faith, Romans 5.1 says, and I have right standing with God my Father through my Lord Jesus Christ, so I can live this faith. My faith is not in my works. My faith is in the completed work of the cross. And the more I develop that faith, the, the stronger I get. So faith begins, it, 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 it's my lifestyle. I got saved by faith. I believed in somebody that I had not seen. Somebody told me about Jesus and I put my faith on him and I got saved in everything. That principle in Romans uh, uh, 10, 9 and 10 works for everything. What you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. What you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. And confession is made unto salvation and confession is continued through your salvation. Matter of fact, Romans 1.17 says that you're saved from faith to faith. It's a continuous process. So we're growing in faith. We're growing in, in strength. 
So, so the, then the second thing that faith is, faith is a school. And, and, uh, and, and that's it. We're, we're going from faith to faith until finally we're walking in the fullness. Again, 2 Corinthians 3.18, that you're being changed from glory to glory into the image of his son. That we can reach the fullness of the stature of God in Christ. That we can grow up to be truly sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. That's our, that's our goal. Why? Because Romans 8.14 says that all of, no, Romans 8.14 rather says if you're led by the spirit of God, you're the son of God. But Romans 8.19 says that all of creation is waiting right now in this world that's so sin sick. And it, it, the whole world is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God. It's time for us to come out of hiding. It's time for us to be all that we can be. And it's really quite simple. Anything in my, you know, anything that I find in my life that I know is not pleasing to God, stop it. Just stop it right now. Stop holding grudges against people. Stop, you know, keeping score. Uh, stop justifying yourself by blaming someone else. Stop the blame game, and just be open in 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 front of God and say, God, here I am. Move in and change me. But anyway, James one and verse three. We should go there. Talking about the school. Talking about faith as a school. Well, let's, let's, just, let's just read the first three verses. James, a servant of God. Well, he, you know, he's the half-brother of Jesus, but he doesn't introduce himself that way. He said, I'm a servant of God and, a, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, notice he didn't wag his credentials. I'll tell you who I am. I'm Jesus' half-brother. No, he didn't do that. He, a servant, a, a key, you know, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humility is a good thing. Humility is simply receiving from someone greater. And so that's what we do. So anyway, he said, to those scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren. So he's talking to the church here. He said, my brethren, count it all joy. In other words, one, one, one verse, one translation says, be clamorously foolish. <laughs> Another translation says, maximum joy. Count it maximum joy when you, when you fall into diverse temptations, tests and trials. Oh, yippee, I can see you now. Have a party. Invite your friends over. Make sure they stay uh, social distancing when they come. Anyway, he said, count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into. And when I read about that as parapipto, it's not something that he was planning. He wasn't planning on falling into, a, into a trouble. And, and, you know, it's, and uh, here's another thing I've noticed. We don't trip over rocks. We trip over little things. It's the little things in life that are holding us back from the fullness that God has for us. But he said, when you fall into temptation, tests and trials, when things don't go your way, count it all joy. Why does he say that? He, he, he says, because in verse three, if, if you'll know this, Paul the apostle knew this. If you will know this, 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 will, this will set you free alone right here. Knowing this, that your faith is on trial. That's what he talked about in Timothy 6, 12, 1 Timothy 6, 12. You know, he said, fight the good fight of faith. 
It's a good fight because you win it. If you'll fight the faith fight, you'll win. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. In, in other words, it's, you know, and that word fight is the word agonizomai, where we get the word to agonize over something. So there is conflict in your life. That's John 16, 33. In me, you have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world for you. So we can cheer up. I'm telling you, when we learn how to trust God, when we grow up, up into trusting God like this, nothing will move you. Nothing at all. You realize that, again, in Romans 8, 28, all things are working together for my good. I've been called according to the Lord and according to his purpose. And there's something going on in here in the unseen that I don't understand, but I don't have to understand to believe. I don't have to understand to trust. He said he would never leave me. He would never fail me. He would never forsake me. Hallelujah. God is on my side. He will not fear. What can a man do unto me? Hallelujah. Come on now. So he said, knowing this, that the trial of your faith works patience. Hupomeno, to stay under something when it's aggravating and to carry the weight of it until you, until you press through. But when patience has its perfect work, look at this. You will be complete. You will be, come on. This is a promise of God. He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. He told you right here that if, you, if you'd get through this, you'd walk into the completeness of God. Look at this, that you'd be a perfect man or a mature. It's the word telos in the Greek, a mature man, lacking, how much? Lacking, how much? Lacking no thing. In other words, complete, complete in him, who's the head of all principality and power. Hallelujah. So then with that in mind, let's just go to First Peter. We just have to turn over a page or two or three. Yeah, Peter chapter one, First Peter one. I'd, I'd like to read the whole chapter, but let's just pick it up in verse five. Look at that. We are kept by our superhuman strength. We are kept by our ability to do everything right. No, we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. And again, that, that's the word soteria. It's not just talking about you being saved and going to heaven. Soteria encompasses everything that's involved in salvation, includes your healing and your prosperity. All of those things are in this word through faith unto salvation, ready to be unveiled, revealed in the last time. How many of you know we're in the last time? Well, what's going to happen in the last time? You're, you're going to be unveiled. You're going to be revealed. That's Psalm 102 and verse 13. And you know that God's set time of favor has come upon the church. The set time of favor. Well, it doesn't look like it at the early part of this year. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We walk by faith and not by sight. I'm telling you that the greatest day of the church is, is not over. It's upon us. How do you know that? Because he's coming back for a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, washed in the blood of the lamb. He's not coming for a defeated, broken down, hiding from a flu virus church. And again, I'm not making light of the flu. I'm not making light that I know people are dying. I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm just saying that my Bible says I'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm not spreading, I'm not spreading the flu. I'm spreading the gospel. That's all. Get mad at me if you like to. He says, wherein we greatly rejoice. Now, now here's the, yeah, but see, 
This rejoicing is a key. When Jesus was going to the cross, I might have mentioned this in an earlier session. The, the last song that they sang at Passover before they went out was Psalm 118. And in the middle of that psalm, I think in verse 16, he, he declared, this is Jesus singing this, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And he was on his way to Calvary. But my Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. And when I think about the joy that he had in his heart was over me, over you. The joy that he felt was his deep love for you and to know that he had redeemed you. Whew. Hallelujah. He said, we're, we're, we greatly rejoice even though now for a season, everybody say season, it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. We're moving from one season into another, even while you're watching this broadcast. And I'm not talking about spring to summer. I'm talking about seasons of the Lord. Come on, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1 says, to everything there is a season, to every purpose unto heaven. God has a purpose for the season that you're in. Pursue the purpose, receive the promise. Come on, keep going. Okay. So if need be, through heaviness, through manifold temptations, tests, and trials. Hallelujah. That the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes. In other words, gold has no eternal value, but your faith will last forever. You thank God we get a chance to develop our faith here on earth because we're going to be living by faith for all of eternity. And once you get there, you don't get the chance, right? He said, precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried by fire, might be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can you not read the next verse? Whom having not seen, you love. In whom... You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, this is all about a test and a trial. Remember how this whole deal is. We go jump back to James 1 and verse, verse 1, verse 2. Count it all joy when you're going through things. The church was going through things. The church is always going through things. That's how opposition makes you stronger. You know, I, I do weight training and um, I can't throw the weights down because they're heavy. If I threw the weights down because they were heavy, I wouldn't grow. And so when things come against me, it's resistance training. This is, this is the word of God. Amen. Okay. Let's go to number three here. So as I find here on my, on my case. Okay. Number three is faith is a confession. Hebrews 10 verse 23. And here's something you need to know about your confession. You'll never rise above it. And so, you know, when you, and, and again, Mark eleven twenty three 23 says this. Well, verse 22, he said, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. And then to verse 23, he says, whosoever will say to this mountain, this circumstance, be thou removed, cast in the sea, and don't dote in your heart, but believe the things that you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. It's too bad that he didn't add two words to that. It's too bad that he didn't say in church. 
Because if he had said, whatever you confess in church will be yours, we'd all be winning right now. But he said, whosoever will say to what, whosoever will talk to any circumstance in your life and tell it to be removed, cast in the sea and not dote in your heart, believe the things that, believe the things that you say will come to pass. You'll have what, whatsoever you say. That's a powerful promise from God. So grab a hold of your tongue because you'll never rise above the, your confession over your life. You know, you may be dealing with uh, symptoms in your body right now, sickness in your body right now. You, what, what, what's your declaration? Hallelujah. I'm awake. I'm fine. Body get in line. I'm awake and I'm fine. Body get in line. That's your only confession. You don't run around telling anybody about what you're struggling with. You, you know, you, again, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues or the boundaries of your life. I never did get to Hebrews 10, 23, did I? Well, I'll go there now. Hallelujah. Well, let's go back to verse 17. Verse 16. This is the covenant I will make with you in the, after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in your heart and in your mind I'll write them. And your sins and your iniquities I'll remember no more. Now this is the remission of these and there's no more offering for sin. Heaven therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let's by a new and a living way which he consecrated through his blood through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest in the house of God, let us draw near with a pure heart of true, a true heart, rather a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience or a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And so, you know, don't have a guilty conscience because there's no shame in Jesus name. That's Romans eight and verse one. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So there's no condemnation coming your way. When the Holy Ghost has to deal with you, there'll be conviction. But there'll never be shame. There'll never be, there'll never be guilt or condemnation. You resist that like you'd resist anything else the devil brings your way. Verse 23. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled and, and washed with pure water. Verse 23, rather, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. And it says profession in the King James, uh, but in the Greek it's homo legale. And it simply means to say the same thing, to say the same thing about you that the Lord says about you. What does he say about you? Well, you're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And we cry, Abba, Father, we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. There's lots of good things to say about yourself. It's kind of like um, when, you, when you travel through an airport now, you have to have a, an ID. And so you have a passport, and the passport has to look like you or you, or you get rejected. Well, your identification, your identification is in Christ. That's a whole other teaching. But your identification, who you are, is found in here in the Word of God. And that's your confession. That's why he said in James 1 verse 22, to be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. He said, because when you're deceived, it's like you look in the mirror, the Word of God, 
and you go away and forget what you look like. It's kind of like a mirror, like when I see mirrors in the gym, I can tell the way to get back there. But the mirror in the gym is not for me to admire myself. The, the mirror in the gym is for me to adjust myself, that I can correct my, my posture, my stance, the, the way that I'm doing the exercise. This is, this is the mirror too. And th then I found out that when I, look in, if it, when I look in the mirror, I see me and my surroundings. Uh, but there's another mirror that I have too. It's my words. If you want to know what I think about my, if you stay with me, you'll find out what I think about myself and how I see myself and how I see my surroundings. That's why he gave us Romans 12 too. He said, don't be conformed to this world and don't, don't take on the image that the world has of you. Get your, he said, Get your identity from the word of God. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. There's a way, there's a way to change. Come on, Jesus came to change your identity. That, that new creature word, actually, the best translation is a new species. You're a new species on the earth. Old things have passed away in your spirit. All things have become new. And now we, we do what he said in Romans 12 too, to renew our minds by the word of God, to prove the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God for our lives so that we can grow up into him, to grow up, to act like, walk like, talk like, and be like him. That's the purpose that we have in this earth. So faith is a confession. And really, what, and you have to believe in something isn't enough. You have to speak it out. You know, silence is, is where doubt is formed, right? Undeclared and unactivated faith. Speech is the fuel of faith. And I want to look at that in Psalm 116. I got to talk about it. I got to tell everybody. It, you know, and, and I'm telling you right now, this is a full-time, fighting the good fight of faith is a full-time job. Every day when circumstances don't line up with the word of God, I have to make sure that my tongue lines up with the word of God and not my circumstances. If, if I preach my circumstances, if I share my circumstances, I'm fuel and failure and defeat. But if I every day get up and declare hallelujah, I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I just want to share this with you, brother, sister. No, don't go sharing your doubt and unbelief. And don't go sharing your circumstances unless it's with somebody that you trust, that you can link hands and pray together. According to Matthew 18 and 19, if two agree on earth is touching anything, it'll be done unto them. But don't go around talking what the devil's doing. Come on, <laughs> you, you got to get beyond, you got to get beyond that. Anyway, Psalm uh, one sixteen. Hmm, I love this psalm. I'm going to pick it up in verse six. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low. And he helped me. Return to rest, O my soul. In other words, I'm going to stop crying now. <laughs> the Lord has always dealt bountifully with me. For thou hast delivered my soul from death and my eyes from tears. My feet from falling. I will walk before, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I have believed, therefore I have spoken. I was afflicted. 
But again, keep your believer hooked up to your speaker and don't talk emotion and don't let all of those things come out of your mouth. Keep your believer hooked up to your speaker. We're broadcasting the word of God out of our mouths. Amen. Uh, let's go to Romans 4.17. I mean, many of you might know this, but I guarantee you this. Like if you'll just do Romans 4.17 for the rest of your life, you'll never be defeated. Romans 4.17 is the answer to everything, that every problem that you'll ever have. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well... Again, I go back to Genesis chapter 1 while I'm looking for Romans chapter 4. I go back to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, when the Lord created the heavens and the earth. It's, it starts out like this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So, so picture the chaotic mess. Obviously, something had happened here from between verses 1 and verse 2. Because God doesn't create anything without form and void and darkness upon the face of it because he's light. So between 1 and 2, uh, Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2, a lot of people believe that that's when Satan hit his uprising. I believe that too. But that's not the message today. The message is Jesus came upon a situation that was chaotic. You were created in the image of him. He told you in Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28, he said he, he created you to have dominion, to dominate your circumstances. Romans 5, 17 says that when you receive the gift of righteousness, you'll reign in life by one Christ Jesus. So the responsibility when you come upon a place that's without form and void and darkness is upon the face of the deep, your job, my job is what he told us in Ephesians 1. I think in the, the King James, it says, be followers of Christ. But when you read it in the Greek, it says mimic or mime, act like Jesus. And so Jesus said, look at this. It's without form. It's void. It's darkness upon the face of the deep. Let's just quit now and go home. No. What did he do? But, but here's the key. Verse 3, it says, the spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit was already, Holy Spirit, the third part of the Godhead, was already there, waiting to hear a voice. And God, did, and God didn't say, wow, it sure is dark out here. Let's move somewhere else. No, when he saw the problem, he spoke, <laughs> when he saw the problem, he spoke the answer. When you see the problem, speak the answer, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that we might partake of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. We've got exceeding great promises. When you make them great, they'll work for you. So he said, let there be light. And the Holy Ghost moved and light came into the, came into the solar system uh, again. But now over Romans 4, 17, Uh, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith. See, faith is the answer to everything. Faith is the substance to hope for. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the currency of heaven. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, believe that he is and that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews 10, 23. Don't, don't forget that. Hold fast the confession of your faith. 
Don't confess your circumstance. Confess the word of God. Stop talking circumstance. Stop talking doubt and unbelief, even though you just need to share it with somebody. No, you don't. Share it once, get prayer for it, and then, and then get back to, I am an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. It's not arrogance, by the way. It's assurance. It's assurance. You need to be assured that you're loved. Okay. So it says here, Therefore, it is a faith that, it, that might be by grace. Grace. This is good because that means I can't earn this. I, I, I need to do what Abraham did in Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed God and it was imparted and accounted to him for righteousness. He believed and he became righteous. That's the grace of God, people. So he said that, look at this, that, that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all of the seed. What promise? That you can overcome any obstacle by faith. That whatever mountain is in your life, whatever thing that needs to be removed, if you'll speak it with your mouth, speaking comes first. Confession comes first. You have to talk it. Even if you don't believe it at first, keep talking it. It'll get in your heart. Then it'll come out your mouth and in your heart and it'll be a continuous thing. This is so important. Uh, I mean, this is how important this is. I, I just heard an, read an article the other day about a, a neurosurgeon, the most famous neurosurgeon in Seoul, Korea. And he made a recent discovery. What he discovered was that the Bible's true. But anyway, to him, it was a brilliant discovery. He said, when we're working on people's brains, there's certain areas of the brain that you, that you contact and you'll get a response from different parts of the body, right? So depending on what part of the brain you're in. But he said, when we go to the speech, it controls the entire nervous, central nervous system of your body, your speech. So he realized then that in order to have success in surgery, he had to get people delivered from fear. No kidding. This is, this is not a Christian guy. This is a neurosurgeon said you have to remove the fear because if they're fearful, there's a good chance they'll die during surgery. But if you can remove the fear and get them talking positive and thinking of positive, they'll walk out healed. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do is this. Verse 17. Let's finish verse 16. That this promise might be sure to all of the seed not only those of the law, but that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, when it's written, it's written to be spoken. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Now think about that. Just think about that one statement. We're talking about a man that was 100 years old and far beyond uh, childbearing and a woman that couldn't get pregnant before she was 90 years old. She, I mean, she was barren her whole life. And now God is, and, and God's given him a promise. How did he get it working in his life? He changed him from Abram to Abraham. Every time he said the name Abraham, he was saying, I'm the father of a multitude. <laughs> and so as he said that, it grew in him until it produced on the outside what he was seeing on the inside. And Jesus said, God, the father rather said things to him like, look at the stars in the sky. So shall your seed be. Look at the sand of the sea. So shall your seed be. He kept expanding his vision of himself. That's why the devil would like to keep so many Christians inferior. In fear and inferiority working together to keep you down. It's a lie. 
So it says here, um, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not those of the law, but those with the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Well, he's your father and he's my father. I heard somebody say the other day, God is the father of us all. And I said, no, that's not true. He's a creator of us all, but he's the father of those that believe in him. <laughs> right? So, and so be a believer. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations before whom he believed, even God. Look at this, who quickens the dead and calls the things that be not as though they were. What does that mean? Well, the simplest illustration is if the dog is sitting in your lap, you're not going to say, here, Rover, here, Rover. The dog is already there. If you want the dog to come, you're going to call the dog from away, maybe from the unseen even. My Bible says in Ephesians 1 verse 3 that I've already been blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. How did I call them out of the unseen and into the seen realm? By using my voice to call the things that be not or that are not here to be here. Healing come to me now in the name of Jesus. Psalm 103 and verse 20 says, angels hearken unto the voice of God's word. This book laying on this, po this podium isn't given any voice until I speak it out. And when I speak it out, it actually, my Bible says that it puts angels to work on my behalf. Hallelujah. Come on now. Come on now. I have made you the father of many nations before whom he believed. Even God that quickens the dead. Come on, quickens the dead, makes, brings death to life. You might have some dead things in your life right now that God wants to bring back to life. He said, talk to them and call them as, that be not as though they were. I, I, I wasn't going to read the rest of this chapter for the sake of time, but how can I not right now? Who against hope believed in hope. That, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith... I, I like that part because it's genomite becoming, and it means to become. And so we know we studied the back. We, we've seen the highlight reels of Abraham's life, but we've also seen the, the, the back story. And we know that he failed many times. And that's so encouraging because you can fail forward, which, which he did. And so he became, it says, so it says that he was not weak in faith, but he, he became and, and being not weak in faith and considering not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. And uh, I heard a preacher say one time, uh, be a stagger not. But anyway, he staggered not. And we know that we watched him stagger all over the Middle East for, at some point. So he got to the place where he learned how to walk this out. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but became strong in faith, giving glory to God. And he became fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also powerful to perform. And here's the beautiful thing about the word of God. I'm not the performer. When, when I need, I'm not the performer of the word of God. I'm the believer in the word of God. God is the performer. Do you understand that? You don't have to make it happen. Matter of fact, as long as you keep making it happen, God will step back and watch you go. 
It's not until you realize that there's nothing I can do about a situation. I surrender the situation to you that God will come in and move. Because as long as you think you can fix it, he'll let you do it. So, so don't be there. So he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Hallelujah. By faith, he gave glory to God, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also powerful to perform it. And, and it goes on like that. Anyway, I hope you're getting something out of this. I'm, I don't know how long I've been preaching here. But we'll continue for a little bit. I realize I'm not going to get this all finished. So we looked at Psalm 116. We looked at Romans 4:17. Let's go look at Isaiah 44, verse 26. I don't usually like making notes like this, but I don't want you to miss any of this. It's not, it's, when you're standing in a room talking to yourself, it's not the same as having a congregation that's pulling on the anointing and, and directing, you know, lots of times we preachers, we end up on rabbit trails, but it wasn't by our design. God has an answer for somebody sitting over there and he'll pull on the preacher and pull it out and send it over there. And so that way there's something for everyone in a message. But I believe in this, that there's something for everybody anyway, because it's the just shall live by faith. Isaiah 44 is where I wanted to go. Huh. Oh, that's a good chapter. I'm just going to look at one verse, though. Verse 26, it says, He confirms the words of his servants and performs the counsel of his messengers that saith unto Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited, to the cities of Judah you shall be built. I will raise up the decayed places thereof, that says unto the deep be dry, and so on. And that's calling those things to be not as though they were. And how many of you know that's exactly what happened in Israel? I mean, Israel up until 1940, I think it was 1917, that it actually got recognized by the UN. And uh, then in 1947, they had a declaration. By, by 1948, they became a nation again in one day. And, and it's interesting, that story too, because they became a nation. There was only 650,000 of them. They were completely surrounded by all of the Arab nations who attacked them, and they survived. It's Ezekiel 37. I'm telling you right now, the bones, those bo dry bones after, after the Holocaust, Holocaust shall these bones live? Yeah, they lived. They're alive again today. Hallelujah. In the greatest days of their, the, the worst days and the best days are coming up. It's interesting how that works, that the day of your breakthrough and the day of your breakdown are always in the same place. <laughs> Not very encouraging, I guess, but that's the way it is. Now, Jeremiah 1.12 says this. God says, I, I'm watching over my word to perform it. And so he's not watching over your word to perform it. You ought to be glad about that. But when you put your, his word in your mouth, he watches over that word to perform it. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. It says, my word will not return unto me void, but it will prosper. It will accomplish what I set it into the earth to do. My word will not re return unto me void. How does it return? Out of your mouth. 
When you speak the word of God out of your mouth, it will return it to him. He said, it won't return unto me void. It will prosper. It will accomplish what I set it into the earth to do. He said, it's just like the rain coming down and hitting the seed and the seed growing and producing life. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.